Hello and welcome to Pictorial on Relay FM. I'm Quinn Rose. I am someone who did not go to art school, but I did read a book about the topic we're talking about today. And if there's anything I'm good at, it's convincing myself I'm an expert when I've read one book. So here we are. Hi, I'm Betty. I am also someone who did not go to art school, but I have been working at an art gallery slash art museum for the last seven years. And we did have an exhibition on Georgia O'Keeffe. So I can also convince myself I now know everything about her except probably only a little bit. Of course, we're kidding. But our topic today is on Georgia O'Keeffe and Alfred Stieglitz and the relationship they had, um, because we got a suggestion for a topic on Twitter um, from at Max to talk about artist couples. And so we decided to kind of break this down into a few different episodes. And in our first episode, we're talking about one of the most famous artist couples, um, at least in America. And that is the photographer, Alfred Stieglitz, and his wife, Georgia O'Keeffe, who both were spectacularly successful um, in their respective fields. Yes, um, and actually, it's interesting because uh, when we had the exhibition a few years ago um, on Georgia O'Keeffe, the uh, curator, I think it was, was talking about how uh, for for the longest time, Georgia O'Keeffe was known as Alfred Stieglitz's wife. And But we, kind of today, a lot of us know Alfred Stieglitz as Georgia O'Keeffe's husband. And I definitely, I'm more familiar with her work than his work. Like really, the I think the most I really know about him is the photographs he took of her. Um, and, you know, so it's interesting how like over time she's become, I think anyway, more famous than he is. Mm, that's really interesting. Yeah. I've, in his time, uh, he was such a successful photographer. He was considered kind of the the father of American photography in this tradition and was such an advocate for it. Um, and I think that's partially because I think that the field of painting for Georgia O'Keeffe is focused on more um, and sort of given more weight as a fine art than photography is. And so I think that's part of it of why her legacy has perhaps outpaced him. Yeah, that that's a good point. I mean, one other work of his that I do remember, he he was famously the person who took a picture of uh, Marcel Duchamp's The Fountain or Fountain. And um, that's one of the things, uh, one of the photos, graphs that he's most well known for. So... That's another thing I know about him other than uh, George O'Keeffe's portraits. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, Stieglitz himself um, was born in 1864, um, and he had a very long, prolific photography career until he passed away in 1946, including making many galleries in New York where he presented his own photography as well as other people's photography and other artworks. And so he was very much a central figure and especially the New York art scene um, and kind of cultivating a lot of artists and kind of protégés who came up underneath him. Yeah, and uh, O'Keefe was actually one of the people that um, that he came across or who actually showed up, I guess, uh, in his uh, life and in his gallery. So um, O'Keefe was um, trying to do math here, I think like 24 years younger than him. 
So O'Keefe was born in 1887, and she um, actually she studied at the um, a school of the Art Institute of Chicago. Um, but she actually, I don't think she finished her studies there because she was kind of um, she didn't really like the strictness and the traditional nature of her education. Um, and so she actually uh, she ended up teaching art um, out west, and she she went to New York quite a quite a bit in like the um, 1910s, and she was familiarized herself with the New York galleries, and I believe she was aware of Alfred Stieglitz. And so she did keep in touch with some of her friends from art school. Um, she had a classmate named Anita Pulitzer, and she actually, in 1916, sent some of her work to Pulitzer, um, who was friends uh, with Alfred Stieglitz, and then showed him uh, her art. So he was actually quite impressed with her work and then asked to bring her to New York and uh, to, you know, further investigate what she had to present. I do find it kind of nice that like, uh, he was initially was impressed by her work. It wasn't like he met this pretty lady and just wanted to like get with her. But I'm sure that too. But he was initially impressed with her art. (laughs) Yeah, that is one aspect of their relationship. And a lot of the ways that both of these very intense artists move through the world that I find fascinating about them is how much their relationship was wrapped up in their art from the very beginning from the very beginning of Alfred first being attracted to Georgia because of her art and how the onset of their physical relationship, um, which would follow in a, a few years, was them being physically intimate with each other, but also him taking nude portraits of her and photographing her in the nude and how she was his muse as well as um, his eventual partner. Mm-hmm. So uh, the exhibition that was in uh, the Art Gallery of Ontario a few years ago was a, a show that was developed by the Tate Modern. And uh, it was mostly a Georgia O'Keeffe exhibition, but in it there was a photography section from Stieglitz as well as um, some photograph, I think, by Paul Strand as well as some other. Um, photographers and so there was a um, a show in a part of in the show there was um, a section of Stieglitz's portraits of O'Keeffe but I remember the curator was saying that Stieglitz was really interested in presenting O'Keeffe's work in his gallery because he became very fascinated with how distinctively American she was like her art was it didn't seem to be like influenced by uh, European styles as like most American art at the time a lot of uh, American artists uh, went to Europe to study or they were at least influenced by European styles but O'Keeffe like she he just really felt like she had this very unique, like Americanness, or at least distinctive style that wasn't that he didn't see anywhere else. So I thought that was like a really interesting that like, you know, he not only thought her art was good, like he just he thought it was a very like revolutionary at the time. Mm-hmm. And so Alfred Stieglitz convinced Georgia O'Keeffe to move to New York um, and to start a relationship with him. And devote herself into making this art and presenting in these galleries in New York that Alfred Stieglitz also was all running and she became very involved in the running of those galleries and like (laughs) very intertwined lives um, pretty much from that moment on. During this time, Stieglitz was also married to a different person. So that's, that's got to come back later. Um, But (laughs) at at this time, uh, so he was married to someone else. It was not a great marriage. He started an affair with Georgia O'Keeffe and his wife was like, what the heck (laughs) Um, and he was like 
okay, peace out, and uh, <laughs> left his wife for uh, Georgia O'Keeffe. So obviously got very messy there, um, and the divorce proceedings, I believe, actually took six years because there were um, so many legal holdups, on, especially on his uh, former wife's end. But pretty much from the point that O'Keefe moved to New York, um, she was living with Stieglitz, and uh, they were functionally married and partners uh, from that moment on, despite the very messy beginning. But of course, you know, Stieglitz's first wife wasn't an artist, so he just couldn't mm-hmm. have that. Couldn't <laughs> couldn't be with anyone who wasn't his muse. I have thoughts about Stieglitz and his relationship with his muses. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and as you said, uh, O'Keefe was kind of one of his students or protégés. Not like, he wasn't like teaching these people um, art or anything, but he definitely was raising a lot of them up. And she was part of that class, but kind of both by being his partner and by being such a spectacular artist, she really rose the ranks in terms of being one of the leaders of this art movement and not just one of his students. Yeah, and actually, um, really, on that topic of her being in New York, when I saw the show, it was actually my uh, first time seeing her work from the 1920s. So she did a lot of paintings of cityscapes in New York. Like if you just kind of search George O'Keefe, New York, or cities and buildings, you'll see some examples of that. And, you know, she, uh, she was really most well known for her flowers paintings, Um, you know, and I think to an extent her paintings of New Mexico were pretty well known. Um, I mean, the uh, her probably most famous painting is the Jimson Weed slash White Flower that she painted in 1932. And this is this painting, um, I believe is still holds the record for being the most expensive painting ever sold by a female artist. Um, obviously, as we discussed on the uh, Art and Wealth episode, nowhere near uh, the records for what male artists have sold. But anyway, it's still quite an achievement. Her paintings of New York and cityscapes were really uh, lesser well known. And for me personally, I didn't know about it at all. And I actually like I really, uh, I quite, I love them so much. Like for me, it's actually some of my favorite works that she's done. Um, And so but I think the issue was at the time, painting cities and painting buildings and her works of the uh, cityscapes were so like dark and immense. Um, I don't think they were taken very seriously, because it really was seen as a world of male artists, like people probably uh, were like, oh, of course, like a lady will paint like flat, pretty flowers. But if you try to paint like big, tall buildings, then no thanks. <laughs> so um, I, I think that might have something to do with why her cityscapes didn't become as well known. Yeah, I really like her cityscape paintings as well. And she also, I mean, of course, as a female artist in this time slash any time, she had this problem of a double-edged sword with this where um, her cityscapes were so striking and not as easily accepted um, as a a woman. But on the other hand, um, her most famous floral prints um, were all intensely sexualized. She had a lot of frustrations throughout her work of people over-sexualizing her uh, work because of this and of saying that everything that she did uh, was because of her representation as a woman and her female sexuality and all this stuff when that wasn't necessarily what she was trying to represent all the time. Pairing this with the fact that Alfred Stieglitz uh, had exhibitioned a lot of 
nude photographs of her um Mm -hmm. not identifying her as the uh model in them actually but i mean everyone knew like they could they were like yep this is georgia (laughs) so like sort of these dual aspects of um her presentation in the art world made things also difficult for her to be taken seriously on that end where everyone was like wow she's such an amazing artist but she's such an amazing female artist specifically and she makes female specific work and wasn't compared on the same level to her male counterparts yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think, uh, honestly, like every time I bring up Georgia O'Keeffe with anybody, people, uh, this first comment is, oh, the lady that painted vaginas. And it's like, she actually didn't paint any vaginas. Mm-hmm. Um, they're flowers. But of course, they people see them as vaginas. And so and I think Georgia O'Keeffe herself, like she off like spoke about it when people asked her and she said, no, like I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about vaginas at all. And so, for example, like there's a painting of hers. Um, it's actually called Music Pink and Blue Number no. Two. And of course, people think it looks like a vulva. It's like a flower uh, that's like really close up it's got like blue pinks and reds and purples and there's like a little i guess um what looks like a oval opening so people can think of that as like the vagina and there's like a little tip of the bulb at the top people might think that looks like a clitoris um but uh, as you can tell from the title of the painting music pink and blue like her a lot of her influences when she was painting these like flowery paintings was actually music like she apparently listened to different types of music when she painted them and uh and I think like for her paintings you really have to see them in person like I had only really ever seen two Georgia O'Keeffe paintings in person before I saw that big exhibition of hers and then uh looking at like a picture of one of the flowers on a screen versus seeing one of those full-size real-life paintings of hers and actually all the true colors from the paints um like it's really night and day and when I saw the paintings in person like for me anyway I I wasn't thinking like vaginas I was thinking uh, about like this really interesting like flow of um like melodies like it really looks like a visual representation of listening to uh some you know music piece so but anyway she'll still be associated with uh flowery vulvas i'm sure and on the other hand if she was painting vulvas that's okay like it's (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're allowed to paint vulva inspired flowers and not have that be what your entire artistic identity is reduced to because she did (laughs) she painted a ton of other stuff she did a lot of skulls in her later years when she lived in new mexico um now this is just about georgia keeps i do want to back up (laughs) right sure sorry she's so (laughs) interesting but yeah i just really like her and to be quite honest i'm not as interested in uh, him but yes we should talk about him too yes um But with that, I do want to talk about their dynamic as sort of what I alluded to earlier with his kind of obsession with muses and the mixing of art and physical relationships. Um, They had problems in their marriage in their later years, uh, sort of in this combination of Georgia didn't really want to get married in the first place. Uh, She really liked her independence. She didn't like the idea of being tied down to someone or someplace. And so she did struggle at some points um, with her marriage to Stieglitz. And how they kind of worked this out is she ended up spending a lot of time not in New York. Um, She spent a lot of time in Maine. Uh, She discovered the West. And so she started spending a lot of time in New Mexico. Meanwhile, Alfred Stieglitz had, I would say, 
a problem, not only with like sort of this really deep, intense attachment to Georgia, like he definitely really loved O'Keefe and they really loved each other. But he also just loved photographing women. He loved photographing women in the nude. He wanted to, people to be his muses. And he um, and he sometimes would have affairs with these people. George O'Keefe and Alfred Stieglitz had a very close relationship with another artist couple, Paul Strand and Rebecca Salisbury. Um, mm-hmm. And this is the topic of the book that I alluded to earlier. It's called Foursome uh, by Carolyn Book. And it's a really interesting biography of the four of them as defined by their relationship as couples. Um, interestingly enough, George O'Keefe previously had a relationship with Paul Strand um, when they were both just Alfred's protégés um, before she, Alfred kind of won, I guess, um, <laughs> and she ended up marrying him. Then when Paul Strand married Rebecca Salisbury, there was a period in which Stieglitz was photographing Salisbury a lot, um, and they potentially had a physical affair. He definitely had a very long term affair with a woman named Dorothy Norman, who again was 22 when they met, uh, really did like women much younger than him. (laughs) Okay. Um, And part of that was she became super involved in his galleries and in the art world that he lived in. And she wanted to be his muse and she wanted to be this person that he was photographing. It sort of became a spiral in their marriage where Georgia wanted more independence and started spending more time away. Meanwhile, uh, Alfred was starting to sleep with this other woman, which didn't make Georgia want to be around more. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was a division that led through a very long period of time um, through their marriage. And Georgia knew about it. At some, I don't, I don't think we know the exact time in which she figured it out, but she wasn't dumb. Um, <laughs> she knew that this was happening. And I think that part of it being so wrapped up in the art is like, it's almost this double whammy of it's, them trying to figure out their dynamic as people who are married to each other and are like attracted slash sleeping with other people Mm -hmm. and also their relationship as artists and people who are inspiring each other and now he's getting his inspiration from another woman. Yeah, part of the reason that Georgia O'Keeffe went out to New Mexico, um, I think is, is partially also because she personally didn't really like New York as a place to live either. Like she, um, I guess, didn't really like the city and was more of like an out in the wilderness type of person. Yeah. So I think like, you know, this time away from each other also possibly contributed to like them drifting apart. I mean, it is like you mentioned earlier, when Georgia O'Keeffe and uh, Alfred it's when their relationship started, it involved him cheating on his wife. And so it isn't really that much of a surprise when it happened to uh, their marriage. Uh, but interestingly, they did stay married all the way until his death. Um, she obviously continued to sleep with Dorothy Norman. Um, but uh, yeah, but he, he did kind of remain as his mistress uh, for the rest of his life. And they, they were such complicated people because... At the end of his life, Georgia rushed to his bedside um, to be with him and to to be with him in his last days and to take take care of his legacy um, and to make sure all of his affairs were order and like did stick by him as his wife until the very end. And by all accounts, like he also truly deeply loved her until the very end. But they did have these divisions between them. Mm-hmm, for sure. And apparently when, um, yeah, I think it was in 1946, when he yeah, he suffered a stroke and had to go into a coma, um, when O'Keefe returned, and she apparently walked into his hospital room, but, you know, saw Dorothy Norman there, and of course, was like, 
oh my god like <laughs> get out um, so um i think it, it remained kind of complicated even until the end um but you know that's kind of how their relationship was yeah i don't really like romanticizing men who cheat on their wives just because he and his wife also had like a beautiful artistic relationship so i do have beef with alfred stieglitz um (laughs) as i have beef with many people who are dead (laughs) fictional lots of things don't care about me (laughs) but i think that it's just interesting to talk about them in this sort of like three-dimensional involved relationship that was not as simple as i always thought it was like i mean i always heard Basically, what I knew about them before reading this book was they were this couple. They were both very successful. He was 20 years older than her, and she, like, super outlived him. And I was like, (laughs) okay, seems a little sketch, but okay. (laughs) And the reason we are able to know so much about them now is because they had a very involved post-correspondence. They wrote to each other constantly when they were apart, which was for large swaths of their relationship that we talked about, um, as well as everyone around them was all writing letters to each other every day all the time. And so we were able to get this much more vibrant picture of their relationship than you would with a lot of other uh, couples throughout history, for example. And so I think that they kind of are almost this prototypical kind of tragic artist couple where like they loved each other so much and their art was so passionate and they were muses for each other and mentors for each other but also he cheated on her and she maybe (laughs) cheated on him and we're not sure and that she went west and like it's it's all very easy to romanticize but at the same time it's like these were just people who were very talented artists but they also like hurt each other a lot and that's just life Uh, yeah i'm actually wondering if um in the book that you um read if there is specific uh, mentions about maybe confirmations about like oh georgia's extramarital affairs because um i like i read that she might have at least had uh like two affairs with uh, women and then um maybe with like some other people as well and then obviously like after uh Stilis passed away um apparently like later when she was i think in her 80s she had a um like a assistant who was 27 years old who she probably had uh, a relationship with so i guess maybe when she got older she became uh, the reverse of uh, Sieglitz as well. So I'm wondering, like, yeah, if if in your book and or in your research you've like seen any like exact uh, confirmations that of these supposedly affairs slash relationships. Yeah. So there was some discussion of that um, specifically. That I thought there was a really interesting piece that Carolyn Burke wrote about George O'Keefe's potential relationship with Rebecca Salisbury. Mm-hmm. That was the other half of the couple that I mentioned earlier. She was married to Paul Strand. And there was a period of time where Georgia and Rebecca, she went by Beck. So Georgia and Beck like went out West for six months together and they were like, we're in love now, basically. (laughs) Um, They had had a rocky relationship their whole life, but they became like super, super close over this time and just wrote back to their husbands about how amazing the other woman was and all this stuff. And uh, Burke came to the conclusion that they didn't actually have a physical affair. Um, Mm -hmm. She thinks that based on the evidence, like of how devoted they both were to their husbands and how um, basically heterosexual their sexual desires seemed to be that uh, they didn't have uh, an affair. It seems to me that based on that, there's no confirmation one way or the other. I think that uh, being super into your husband and or being mostly straight don't necessarily preclude that they might have also had an affair, um, Mm -hmm. especially based on Alfred Stieglitz, like, love George O'Keefe, but also was, like, getting it on all over the place with other people. (laughs) I mean, so 
I think that's one of those things that we're never going to know for sure. Some some historians believe they definitely did. Some historians believe they definitely didn't. So it's much more ambiguous than some of Stieglitz affairs were that were more well documented. Um, and in terms of, yeah, she she like left most of her stuff and her money and everything to her assistant at the end of her life. And her family was like, what the hell? And it's like real life <laughs> knives out. Um, yeah. And I think that's another thing where it's kind of unconfirmed whether or not they actually were having, that they actually had an, a relationship, physical relationship, or if she just really loved her assistant and he treated her well um it's another thing that there just isn't the same kind of firm documentation on yeah mm-hmm. i mean she was in her she was in her 80s and i guess eventually 90s like she died when she was 98 um so i mean you know uh, of course older people could also get it on but you know <laughs> it could also be possible that she was just like i'm just gonna look at him <laughs> so um yeah who knows but it, it is interesting how like as sexualized as she was as a person and an artist that there isn't as much of a um uh, information on her uh her partners and her relationships uh but um i mean the other thing was like she she was she did also kind of brand herself as this very reclusive person especially after she moved out to new mexico like she was she dressed all in black she did also have like a really good and interesting um fashion sense um but yeah like she portrayed herself as a um, very like you know reclusive uh individual um and very seemingly very quiet uh but according to her friends of hers who actually like did go out and visit her in new mexico they were like no like in in reality she was like funny and jokey and really like you know sarcastic and outgoing um but she she her like artistic public brand uh was was something quite different I like how this episode is mostly about Georgia O'Keeffe. And like, <laughs> yeah, also, sorry. she was married to Alfred Stieglitz. Um, yeah, you know, he just happens to be a, some guy that cheated on her, but whatever. <laughs> so. I obviously also think that she's a super interesting person, and I would love to talk about her for hours. Um, but that also the fact remains is that she probably wouldn't have been as successful without Stieglitz. Because she did her work, and she was amazing. I'm just saying in terms of that he introduced her to the art world and he did display her as an artist all the time. And he did, he like made whole exhibitions based around her work and which by the way, were extremely financially successful and like kind of funded both of them. Um, (laughs) There definitely was a give and take in their relationship. um, And this had the side effect of her not being taken as seriously as quickly um, in certain circles and things like that. Notably, like she did keep her, made a name her whole life um she wanted to be an o'keefe she wanted to be uh her own person both personally and professionally so i think that's even that alone is very telling of sort of the dynamic that they had but as much as stieglitz definitely did some messed up stuff in their (laughs) marriage like i also see the way that they did really matter to each other and they did influence each other's lives and our, our professional careers so deeply that we could never extricate them Mm -hmm. So like in kind of looking at also the photographs that Alfred took of Georgia, um, like they are they are quite amazing photographs. And of course, um, she's actually, I actually think like she's more well known for her hands than her her face or her boobies. Uh, So like there, there were lots of uh, he took lots of photos of her hands. And um, there's like a really famous photo of her where she it's um, like, it's also her hands, like she's kind of like semi grabbing her face um, in the in the portrait. And then um, even in there's a 
another photo of her where she is, um, I guess, in like a bathrobe or something, and she just has her hair down. But even then, she's got her two hands like clasped right in front of her uh, breasts, and she, it's like her hand, like even in a photo of her uh, face, uh, her hands are predominantly featured. Um, and then I'm also looking at another one where she's like, she looks like she's tying up her hair. And again, you see like her hands. So I'm thinking maybe uh, <laughs> Alfred Siegler's had a hand fetish. It's like a foot <laughs> fetish, but instead it's a hand, fet- <laughs> hand fetish instead. There's, um, and then there's like a really well-known photo of her uh, hands over like a, like a skull. And so again, like you mentioned, Mentioned, she was really famous and well known for paintings of like skulls of like rams and bulls and goats and stuff. And so that photograph of her, I think, actually really um, represents her quite well. And then, and kind of the other thing is at the gallery, like we have, we actually have a guide who does a tour about portraits and um, like traditionally like when I think of a portrait of course I think of like someone's face um, but in his uh, tour he actually shows a lot of different types of portraits and in a way I think these portraits of, of O'Keefe like that one with her hands over the skull is more representational of her than even like a picture of her face so um, yeah like I, I think of a portrait as O'Keefe as like her hands instead of her head. I mean her hands are what she built her whole life on there were works of art in these photos and there are things that created some of the greatest works of art that we've seen we could definitely talk about these two for hours um but we're gonna wrap up for now i could probably just talk about okay for hours but anyway <laughs> oh, of course there. yeah there are so many other amazing artist couples out there and we're definitely going to cover a bunch more across um, different art traditions and different areas of the world as we go on. Um, but thank you so much for listening to this episode of Pictorial. Our show notes are at relay.fm slash pictorial uh, where you'll find links to everything we talked about and a forum where you can submit topic suggestions if you have another couple you think we should cover or any other art-related topic. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at pictorialpod um, where we'll post images of stuff that we talked about and you can also so follow me on Twitter or Instagram at AspiringRobotFM. And we actually also have a YouTube channel, Pictorial Podcast, where we upload the a video version of these podcasts where we are actually inserting images of we, what we talked about right on the screen. So you can feel free to follow us on there as well. And I am at Articulations V on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm also at Articulations on YouTube. Thanks for listening, art enthusiasts.